0: You two are playing the Sphere, there's yeah. casinos, a lot of U2 tracks also playing I would as well. love
1: that versus the weather outside Time. is yeah. still, still a month to go,
0: right? <laughs> still November, yeah. it should be a crime. It's not December yet, stop no, it, stop yeah, it, stop yeah, it. Stop no. it. No.
2: Welcome to Cloud Realities Live, a conversation show exploring the practical and exciting alternate realities that can be unleashed through cloud-driven transformation. I'm Dave Chapman. I'm Shao Casal. And I'm Rob Kernan. And we are on day two in Vegas. Um,
0: <coughs> lot going on? lot going on? There is Dave. It's a it's a really busy event, isn't it? I mean it's just literally people everywhere. Which is in in a good way. Lots of life. That's that's right. Lots of life. That's right. Although now it's number three for me. A lot more experience. Know what to do. I'm savvy. I'm not as like bright lights, big city, confused anymore. I know exactly where to go. Really? The secret agent routes. The secret agent routes through the conference. You
2: you have demonstrated your preparedness for this, Robin, in multiple (laughs) ways this week. Any look of
0: the mouse yet? Uh, uh, No, David. That's. uh, that's been a bit of a, a bust for me actually yeah. a disappointing moment i feel i, I was so confident uh, and it's just not worked <laughs>
2: um in this show i'm delighted to say we're actually going to be joined by two guests we're going to talk about two different sectors we're going to talk about automotive first And then a little later on in the show, we're going to be joined by another guest to talk about financial services. Um, But before we get to that, let's uh, introduce our guest for Automotive. And I'm delighted to say we're joined by Keith Mulder, who's the Partner Strategy
3: Leader for AWS Automotive and Manufacturing. Keith, great to see you this morning. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So great to see each of you and again to be celebrating the great success here at reInvent. So Yeah. Do you want to just tell everybody like a little bit about your role and a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So from an industry solutioning perspective, AWS is doubling down on helping customers with industry problems. So the partner strategy leader works with great partners like yourselves and figures out where the white spaces are to help with their specific industry solution and their need. And so that's what the partner strategy leader role does. So, And we'll talk about it in a second, but I mean, automotive,
2: what a, what a sector to work in at the moment, like probably one of the sectors that's undergoing most digitalization and transformation in the market, I would say.
3: It's impressive. And and again, I think there's a lot of energy around that and then manufacturing as well. I mean, really, how do we get to what's next? And Mm. software is a big part of that. Great. Well, look, we're going to
2: come to that in a second. And there's there's so much to talk about with automotive, but I've got to raise a really important point, Rob.
0: I can't help but think it's going to be at my general expense, but... Actually, it's not. It's, is it not? It's, 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 a sad, it's a sad thing, isn't
4: it? Yeah,
0: it is. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Uh, is this a producer incident? No, it's not a producer. It's, oh, well... Oh, I, sorry. No, no, yeah. Oh, you know no, what it no, is? You're going to say, yeah,
2: yeah. Do you know what it is?
4: Tell us. Tell us. It's the monkey. Yeah.
2: So we, we have a, a mascot on the show, which if you've seen us live, we have a monkey that travels with us globally it's been stolen it's gone yeah i mean you know like you walk in when you come in there's security guards you get your bags searched but our monkey it's has gone. been stolen
0: i think somebody thought it was a freebie swag giveaway and they've uh, gone oh i love that Thanks. i
2: i do, I, do. I think that's the generous take on it <laughs> but yes i mean it, 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 i could see why that mistake might get made but we, I feel a little bereft.
0: With that monkey's been everywhere with us. I know. All around the uh, world, all around Europe and the US, it's... Uh,
4: I slept badly of it. You <laughs> know, yeah. it's, a, it's a
0: Traumatizing. Yeah.
3: It's a Jeep thing to leave a rubber ducky on Jeeps and they collect it all around the world. Maybe that's the new thing for the monkey. Uh, you go yes. find podcasts and you bring monkeys and you just, instead of having one, you give it away. I, that's not a
2: bad thought. That's not yeah. a bad thought. I, I thought you were going to suggest that we were going to get one of those situations where we get ransom we get ransom texts where they're holding up the monkey with like today's
3: newspaper in Sydney or something
4: like that. (laughs) And we're like, if you want to ever see this monkey again.
3: (laughs) No, pay it forward with the monkey because then the podcast will be like, we have a monkey today. We don't know where it came from.
0: We're not sure why. And it could be a theme that starts influencing podcasts, right? I like that. You just drop the monkey off and then another podcast takes care of it for a while. Maybe maybe that's the future of the monkey. That could
2: be the future. That could be, well, look, we'll go we'll we'll try and solve that before the end of the week. So Keith let's get back to the let's get back to the conference and the and the serious business of announcements. So it's as usual the last 24 hours have seen some fairly rich announcements and I'm sure we're going to see more as
3: as day 2 progresses. But what's really resonating for you at the moment? So the nice part for AWS is we can finally talk about all these great things that the teams have been working on. So one of them specifically within the automotive and manufacturing sector we're proud about is the announcement of the partnership with Qualcomm. So having an industry specific instance, having that availability and having that support BMW in their next generation vehicle, that, that That's one big announcement that we're really proud of. The other one that yes, occurred yesterday is the NVIDIA announcement with AWS, and mm-hmm. not only from the AI standpoint and the supercomputers and the work that's going on there, the most performant cloud data center that's going to be in existence, and then, in addition to that, the Omniverse and the graphical workloads, as we talk about manufacturing, right. so Metaverse and having that 3D visualization, so we'll have all of that capability with AWS and NVIDIA together. Right.
2: I mean ex- exciting stuff exciting stuff and and maybe that gets us on to the the the, the, f- the first major theme that I wanted to cover in the world of in the world of automotive which is is the connected car itself so w- you know what are you seeing in that world and how do you think some of those announcements might uh, kind of help
3: drive the innovation in that space no I mean tens of millions of cars are already connected on AWS so that that's really the great part but how do we make that easier and how do we make that quicker? And that's always the question. So I know IoT Fleetwise is one of our services that's debuted here. We have a number of partner solutions as well, but making that so it's simpler for the OEMs and the people that consume that data to get the intelligence they need to then deliver more features. Because at the end of the day, it's about the customer. So if I'm connecting my car, why am I doing it? Well, I want to provide something. And that. that
0: whole connected car experience really, really changed the whole way you interact with the vehicle. The types of services you get from it, but also the data and analytics that can be fed back and improve the experience and everything else. So the car, almost the experience in the car can change as you're an owner of it, as the software gets updated and the way it interacts with the, you know, the user. It's quite exciting. It is. Well, it 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 goes to that point, doesn't it, which is the car, the car
2: becomes almost a software platform in its own right. I mean, is it like, is it is it overstretching
3: to say, do you think that the car. You know, it's almost like a, a mobile phone with wheels. That, that's the term, cell phone on wheels. So, I I'm, mean, that's what people expect because you know, back, back years ago, you didn't expect your car to have that connectivity. You bought it because it looked good. You yeah, bought it because of yeah. those other things. Well, now people are used to their cell phone. They're used to having their apps, their personalization, and they want to use it their way. They expect the same from their car. So the consumer has adapted to that behavior and we need to deliver that in a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So on on that on that case specifically, so where would you say we're up to in terms of delivering that vision? I mean, I I can guess that certain manufacturers are, are actually quite close to that at the moment already, probably. And then where do you see like, say, over the next 12 months, that going? Have you got like an ideal model in mind about what that might look
3: like? Well, it's great because we're here at reInvent and we have an automotive booth in the expo floor space and it's got the brand new i8, the electric i8. And in the rear, not only do you have full massaging seats that recline like a first class airline seat, you're watching a full widescreen connectivity display and that's all connected to the internet. So you can get any app you want on there. So if you want to do video conferencing, if you want to watch a movie, if you want to just, I mean, that's the type of experience. So I would say today we're already seeing it, but now how much more can't we do? And and that's really the great part of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I mean, when the car actually flies, that's probably, that's where I've got my marker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you not think that would be a new form of chaos. Although with the Las Vegas traffic at the moment, because of the Formula One, which has not been so popular in this city, right. is causing bedlam at the moment. So maybe the flying car is the answer. It would be awesome. It would. It would, it would solve the problem. I'm not sure though if Marcel was driving, like he drove the other day, where there was a bit of a traffic incident. He's, he's kind of looking the other way now as I look at him. <laughs> Marcel was driving us in, and uh, let's just say there was a few... <laughs> <laughs> the few concerned passengers in his car. It, yeah, it was a, it was a,
2: it was a unique place to do a U-turn. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure anyone's done one there before.
0: What, you mean a U-turn into oncoming traffic? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's an unusual <laughs> choice, isn't it? He, he needed some more ADAS features to help him yeah, out. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where the autonomous car... He, he needed software-defined <laughs> <to> features <laughs> to help update
2: that, uh, where, didn't he? Where the, yeah, where the car actually goes, what on earth yeah, are you doing? No, then, we're not going to let
3: you yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, right? This yeah. is yeah.
0: where, exactly. if we if we did have Kit from Night Rider, he probably would have stopped me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. I'm sorry, Marcel, but I don't think you should be doing that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the second uh, big theme that we identified in the in the world of automation and you know no um, no prizes for originality on this but it's perhaps one of the most important elements which is energy transition and and obviously you know post Tesla there's been a huge move forward in terms of battery power and you know there's there's announcements around extended range in pretty much all of the yeah. in all of the major manufacturers today which is exciting you know like in my in my mind it gets really interesting when you get to a reliable four hundred mile range, but that's just how I measure my life because that's my house to my parents' house. So it's like once it's once it's got that range, it becomes usable to me, sort of thing. But there's also hydrogen coming along, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I, I think aren't the, isn't the smart money on hydrogen potentially being the better solution. But what what have you seen from your seat, Keith? Uh, and and how optimistic are you in terms of that move to? to clean energy, longer ranges, more reliability oh, okay. happening in the in the
3: shorter term rather than the medium term. No, I love it. And innovation's a constant, and that's what we, we all know. So charging speed wave, is another factor. We tend to yet. talk if about range know. a lot, and that's because of the anxiety of, I don't want to necessarily charge my car for multiple mm, hours. Mm, mm. Well, we're also seeing prototypes coming out where they're able to charge in minutes you know, no. versus hours. That's so cool. That also changes the game. So, yeah. yes, range yeah. is going to continue to be a big part of it. Yeah. And obviously, density and weight play a factor in that. Yeah. The consumer preference and the geography, you know, people that are in North America are going to have a lot more need for range, and yeah. you know, somebody that's maybe in China is going to have a different need that way. So you're going to see adaptation that way. And then I love how you talk about the different technologies too, because whether it's battery technology, whether it's hydrogen technology, we're not done. I mean, we're just at the beginning of this transition. And look at how awesome it is already. Yeah, right, right. I mean,
0: I uh, i have you made the move yet? No, I thought about it. The it's the range thing for me. Yeah, which is the. Um, the, if you could get the charging speed up to a couple of minutes, the convenience is there. Yeah. Then I probably would transition at the moment. But mm. it's the mm. long, the really long journeys having to stop. I think is still a barrier for a lot of people. Also, uh, sometimes the charging infrastructure isn't quite up to where it needs to be as well. So no, there's that, almost yeah. a structural thing that uh, countries need to get over to be able to make it, you know, uh, more compelling as well. I
2: think that's. I think that's right. In- infrastructure plays a big part. What about you, Shark? Have you made the move yet?
4: I'm. Uh I, my next car will be a plug-in hybrid, mm, mm. so I will get that in a couple of weeks. So, right. uh, yeah. oh, in a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. yeah, new house and new car.
4: New house, new car. It's
2: all going on. Too. Everything's yeah. changed. Yeah, all going
4: on. Big changes. Yeah.
2: Well, M-
0: Marcel, uh, our producer, he's uh, he's an innovator. He's always oh, a massive convert, isn't well, he? He, is. he talks a lot about the. Um, the Experience changing a lot as well. He gets very excited about electric cars. I wonder if he drives that car into oncoming traffic when he's home as well.
4: Yeah, he will, he will do that as well. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, he's, well he's, he, he's, got the, he's got the opposite extreme, hasn't he? Because he's also got a version. Was it Type 2 Land Rover? Yeah, it's a Type 2 original Land Rover at one end of the spectrum. But you could drive that into oncoming traffic. It's a bit like a tank. Yeah. yeah. Nobody will want to hit him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then moving on to the the third major theme, which I think has got a, like really important relationship to how how people interact with these strange objects called cars, and uh, it's it's around changing buying patterns. So obviously, historically, a car has been something that you have either owned or you've leased for you know extended periods of time. And you get and develop relationships with them. And I think what you can what we can see again in common with utility buying across varying different sectors at the moment, convenience and not owning necessarily the asset and being able to just walk up to cars on the street and Rent them for like a couple Sorry, of minutes. There's a
0: really, really <laughs> loud presentation that's just kicked off next to us and like, it's ever So you, you were doing so well. I, you were on and then I could just see I, your face.
2: I had like I, two two streams of thought in my head. It's like I'm definitely gonna try and get my point out about changing customer buying habits, but at the same time, what on earth are they on about behind me now? Like <laughs> <laughs> so excitable.
0: They're talking about firewalls, Dave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see why they get it's so excited. Is it yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's a network booth, after all.
0: Network's <laughs> the most fun part of any technology yeah but anyway keith
2: so coming back to that changing buying habits and so first of all what are you seeing in terms of that shift and and are you really seeing like a wholesale move towards sort of convenience relationship to car away from ownership relationship and has that impacted the the numbers in the sector that you can see And, and then we'll come on to like well
3: is it really your car at that point so demographics have been really interesting to watch because if you look at the um, you know, emerging population, if you will, those that are entering driving hmm. age, they're not getting their license as quickly. You know, it used to be when you were going to be at that age, you, you were so excited. You're like, I can't wait to actually drive a car. Well, now a lot of people are immersing themselves through technology. So yeah. they're not yeah. necessarily having to drive to their friend's house at that age. So I think that's been one factor of oh, it. That's is, a good point. It's less yeah, it's emotional. Yeah. 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 So have- is, if I can get around and where I need to, do I need to own it? Mm, and so mm. I think you saw that coming on. Now, what, what changed? I mean, sharing was a very large part of it and we saw a lot of growth in there. And then we had obviously COVID that, that occurred. And so I think in some ways that reversed that a bit where then people said, oh, I don't know if I want to share share as much, but I think we're seeing that come away again. And we're seeing more of a, a you know resurgence, if you will, of people that are saying, I'm okay. I'm okay not owning it. I'm yeah. okay using an app to do it as long as it's convenient to me in an urban population. Now, does that impact um, the quantity of cars? No, I mean, you're still going to need the vehicles in order to support it. But the type of car you have is going to be different. And that comes back to the software personalization, because when you enter that car, if it knows who you are and it configures to who you are and what you want, that's going to be a lot more personal to you than owning. Uh, yeah, this yeah.
2: So, so you carry your your contextual experience with you rather than the metal box that you're sitting in. Exactly.
3: Yes, yeah,
0: so it's where the ownership of the experience or the configuration of the experience sits. Yeah. And it goes back to the um, when people shifted to streaming music services, yep. the loss of the physical ownership of the CD or the vinyl or the I have the MP3. And we've got over that. Yep. So maybe it's the thing with the car we will eventually get over. Well, Same type I mean, of experience shift, isn't it? But an interesting
2: analogy because have we gotten over it? Because, you know, people have started to buy vinyl again. You know, people are. We were just talking the other night in the bar. Actually, if like the resurgence of CD and DVD is also happening, and these are formats you would think have no like intrinsic, particularly the. I can see why people like vinyl. You know, you get a big sleeve and it's like a very tactile collectible thing. But CDs is like a, I mean, that's a. That's just a digital transport media. Yeah, know. You know, if you've got
0: a CD, what's just have the MP3? It's like it's the same. It's the same. It's it's it. Arguably, the
2: MP3 would be better quality. You won't have the compression, but the. Um, the, like So so do, is it like the, the the whole notion of like in the digital era we've seen mass adoption and and, and and the digital stuff will stay mass adoption I have no doubt but we have also seen the rise of dead format where humans have gone actually I like a tactile relationship to a thing so therefore I'm going to start buying vinyl again What do you, what do you think Keith? Do you think that could hold for the world of cars? Because it's classic car ownership Versus kind of modern car transactional ownership.
3: What do you think? So I think, you know, I remember having a CD in in my age where you had the anti-skip protection. So if you were out walking, Uh, you were helping for a 60-second anti-skip. I mean, that's the technology side that just doesn't make it convenient. So there's some nostalgia. I'm going to celebrate listening to vinyl because it listens Mm -hmm. well but when I'm actually traveling, when I'm actually doing my real life, I'm going to use my digital copy. Yeah, And I think yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah, is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't think you're going to see people go backwards in that. I think you're going to see some memorabilia in regards to it. Now, one thing a car has is it defines who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still mm-hmm. an image bearer with what you drive. You're asking today, are you an electric car? You have a Land Rover this generation. I mean, some of that's in your identity. And if it's all digital and it's just shared, do you still have that? So yeah, I think right. there's a longer journey to ever say, we're going to get away from car ownership as a whole. I think you're going to see more people, though, say, do I really want to make that expense at this stage in my life? Or maybe I'll be okay sharing and having that. So you'll have a more balanced approach. Right. And look, brilliant discussion today. It's actually a discussion
2: I could, I could keep having. It's pretty fascinating, these uh, physical to digital shifts, particularly when it comes to the, the human emotional relationship to that thing Um, and yeah so we'll we'll obviously keep tracking it and uh, thanks a lot for your time talking about that today thank you but now let's move on to um, other things that have happened at the conference so Ki has been keeping an eye on announcements why don't you run us through a few that uh, resonated with you
4: Yeah, uh, a few that resonated with me were around storage this time, and the main theme here is again around cost efficiency and effectiveness, but also about performance, like for instance the Redshift serverless service with AI-driven scaling, all around efficiency as well, and the new Amazon S3 high performance storage classes. all around performance, all around cost efficiency. And I think the automotive industry will benefit from these services as well, right?
3: Very much. And so we're looking a lot at um, HPC driven workloads. So if you just think of the simulations we can do now versus building physical products, you can do it all virtually. And it's all about time to market. So they're quicker we can go. But if you can spend 10 20,000 cores and you can do this calculation, you want to make sure your storage has no, no latency in it. So I love the announcement today. And in addition to that, the gen AI capabilities are similar. I mean, yeah. it is just a lot of horsepower that's being used and the quicker we can go. And what I love about it is it's cheaper.
0: I think that has been a big theme for yeah. me. If you properly uh, architect it, there is a massive cost and efficiency advantage at the end of that. And with these platforms that we're talking about, the level of compute and storage that they need, needs these type of architectural approaches to make it work properly. Yeah, uh, so it's achievable. Any more?
4: No, those were, uh, uh, um, we, we already covered a, cup, a couple of those storage and databases on our first uh, mm. recording and yeah, it's continuing. It's the main theme around databases and storage. So, um, so instead
2: of, so like, not instead of, but uh, during the week so far, let's just uh, maybe just do a beginning of day two, a little bit of what are we seeing emerging as key themes? What do you think?
0: So the the AI story took a little bit of time to get going, but we saw Q yesterday, so there is yeah. a theme, and we saw a bit in the keynote that we'll talk about this afternoon. So uh, in, that is there Interesting
2: emergence of the AI conversation in the conference generally. Like other conferences we've been to this year, AI has been, like, you know, kind of advertised at the airport as you're arriving all the way through to then the major keynote, the first thing, you know, the first two letters that came out of people's mouths are AI. The emergence of it has been different here, Keith, what you, what's, in a really interesting way here since i What's your take on on the positioning of AI within the conversation this week?
3: Yeah, so I I just think from AWS's perspective, it's just great that it's so public and you can have Thanksgiving conversations with your family about AI and, and everybody's talking about it. But for AWS, it's been decades of AI and ML driven technology. So mm-hmm. to us it's more about are we solving the customer problem? in what are we doing you know in order to accomplish that so the announcements today just continue to reinforce I mean we're on multiple generations of solutions we have multiple options to support it he was just another example of that so I think instead of saying that's the only part of the conference it's that's continuing to mature just like all these other capabilities that are enabling it and i love our sandwich approach where we talk about the three layers we start at the infrastructure layer and we move up to the application layer and it really is a holistic secure enterprise-grade ready solution for ai and that's what aws is about
0: and there's a there's a theme there around practicality of computing on this scale yeah so we saw last year actually at last conference supermassive architecture scale verna vogel announced that with that and i think that's now Bedding in, and we're seeing a next level of maturity associated with that. With this yes. one, that was good. Yeah,
2: I think the other the other theme that, that came out this week, uh, and it was really that set the opening tone. We talked about it on yesterday's shows, which is which is the um, modernization route yep. to more economically viable cloud, as well as then getting all of the you know innovative upside of being able to use the new toolkit. I, I thought that was like actually a really
0: interesting way to open the and, conference. And I suppose the one thing I'm picking up at this conference is it's an integrated story because AI great, but you need all the other things around it—the foundations and the capability, and the practical nature of it, and the cloud-native style architectures, and the efficiency under it when we talk about going enterprise-wide scale. Yeah, you know,
2: at the core. So we so we seeing seeing that kind of the, the practicality. Uh, an interesting positioning of modernization and maybe some re, re-business casing around why you might might do modernizing and go on. But what is an expensive journey? So how do you better equip organizations to go on that journey? Great theme. <laughs> AI but positioned as a very integrated integrated story. And then you know kind of an ongoing uh, uh, storage evolution and, and data position. Have we missed any big
3: themes so far for you, Keith? Uh, as, as we've got, you know, into the conference. I I love how Adam started the keynote, and I think we're hitting on it today, too. This is available to everyone, and this is really what the cloud's about. Mm. And and I love how they started that. I mean, you imagine trying to build this infrastructure yourself for this capability. I mean, anybody (laughs) from a college campus to the largest organization has the ability to use what everybody else is using. And and now with these very large supercomputers, so again, I just think it's a testament to where the cloud is and where it's going. And it's just beginning. I mean, there is so much more that's coming, and that's, we're excited about that. It's
0: a very good point. The democratization exactly. has continued and doubled down on, yeah? yeah. So that's uh, available yeah. to all? The well, foundation
4: gre- is ready, and now you can build all those innovative yeah. solutions on top of that. Yeah, I really love that, yeah. It's
2: a great note to end the conversation on today. Um, Keith, thanks again for, for joining us. It's been great to see you, and I'm sure you've had a very busy diary, so we
3: really appreciate your time. Really appreciate being a part of this. So yeah, great conversation again. Congratulations on the Partner of the Year award too. So nice. Yep, nice. Nice. yeah, Gemini nicely done. So Stoked yeah, really that. appreciate the partnership.
2: Thank you. Yep. But we end every episode of this podcast by asking our guests what they're doing, what they're excited about doing next. And of course, we're in Vegas. So Keith, what are
3: you excited about doing in Vegas next? So we know what's coming. So Bill Bass's presentation is coming tomorrow. He's going to have a lot of cool, cool announcements in his. So I'm most excited for that. And then in addition, my AW. Us sneakers and continuing to rack, rack the on, conferences. Yeah. yeah, we get a lot of steps in that. So those two things uh, excite me the most.
0: Just looking at our producer, where's ours? Where are mm-hmm. our sneakers? Mate, we haven't even got stickers, never mind know, sneakers. No. <laughs> <laughs> the standards are slipping, Marcel. I think he
4: will order them after this uh, recording. Sneakers and a
0: monkey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That,
2: that would make, make us happy. Too t- too soon to talk about the monkey. <laughs> get him quite going over raw. it. Yeah, yeah. Too raw. <laughs>
4: So a huge thanks to our guest this week. Keith, thank you so much for being on the show.
3: Thank you.
2: But this afternoon, I am delighted to say we have (laughs) Melissa Doherty with us, who is the uh, Director of Partner Sales for Global Financial Services at AWS. And we're going to have a view into the uh, financial services market and the impact of of digital in there. Um, However, before we do that, just a bit of a catch-up on the show itself. Rob, how are you doing? How's it been? Uh, it's all right. It's good. Halfway,
0: well, I think we're over halfway through now. Well, uh, well, yeah, oh, halfway, I think halfway. we are by yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, surviving, shall we say. How about you, Shad? you good? I'm very good, yeah. What have you been up to so
2: far?
4: I've checked out the uh, Experts uh, Square there, over there. Lots of cool stuff going on, new technologies. I would have to say that the Q booth is heavily visited. Is it? Is it
2: is? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see so, it working?
4: I've saw some demos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. You look yeah. good? It looks very good. Yeah, very oh, impressive. I'm looking yeah. forward to
2: seeing it. We'll yeah. make talk about Q in a little while. It's yeah. good stuff. Um, but I've got a very important update on uh, on Rob's search for a mouse. Uh-oh. And I thought what was what was particularly excellent was uh, Rob's wife's got involved in this. <laughs> so, after, so j- Melissa, just to bring you up to speed of something that's quite unbelievable. So, Rob, who is... He, he sets himself out as being a very prepared traveler oh <coughs> let's just say yeah, uh, to cut a long story short it's it's not really held together on this trip <laughs> <coughs> and we've been tracking it as we've been going along the week and and uh, one of the things that <laughs> Robs tried to do was he was like he'd left his mouse at home and and so he comes he comes up and he goes ah oh, I've left my mouse at home I'm gonna go and try and find one like as a, like as a as a bit of swag and I was like can you get Mice
4: is swag.
2: Well, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen people give away mice before. Anyway, he goes off incre- incredibly certain of himself. That hasn't gone particularly oh, no. well. But nope. there's a bit. There's a bit of a follow-up to this, which is Rob's wife. Uh, hi, Christine. If you listen to this one. Um, listened to one of the shows yesterday and and, t- and texted by and texted him and said I did mention when we left the house that we had time to go get to go back and get a mouse oh. and he in, in his absolute confidence said no we don't need to do that I'll pick up one and swag
0: hubris Dave <laughs> hubris I think we call that yeah so I was reminded very early on this morning that I'm an idiot yeah
1: <laughs> did, do you have one yet
0: no. Okay. I've failed miserably yeah. to find any If anybody's listening and they want to send me a free mouse, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for that. Might be a bit late by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know. Did you, know you, got, any. Did you find any swag, though? Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's um, lots of wheel spinny things, right? You spin the wheel, you get your swag, chocolate bars, books, uh, all that sort a, of You got a sock. Lego set? I, got a, I won a Lego set yesterday. Actually, I had answer oh, wow. four trivia questions and I got some Lego, which I'm quite excited about. It's <laughs>
1: much better. I only have a pair of socks. Oh, no, no, you see. Yeah. <laughs> have you looked for any swag, Melissa? I have not had time to go and search for the swag. No time. I mean, no time. Me neither. If someone said that there was a humidifier somewhere out there as swag, <laughs> I would good be. Chance. I would literally be out there right now. There is now. the next
2: best thing, though. People are doing um, branded lip balms.
1: Lip balm? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh,
2: which I thought is probably the best piece of Vegas swag, swag I think I've seen.
1: Yes. Yes,
2: that's good stuff. Anyway, talking of Vegas, shall we crack on? Yes,
1: please
0: do. <laughs> if we <laughs> could move along now, that would be lovely.
2: Thanks for coming, though, Rob. This <laughs> materials <laughs> unending. unending. Uh, right, so Melissa, like, yes. just tell us about the show for you so far. What's yep. resonated with you? You know, sure. what have you been engaging in? So
1: uh, this is my eighth reinvent. So um, I have been part of this uh, for quite some time, and this year is incredible. I think we've got, what, somewhere close to 70,000 people here it, this week in Vegas. It, wow. it is
2: noticeably busy. It I would is say.
1: absolutely wow. insane. So, is, it, is
2: it the biggest? It must be the biggest it, Oh, though. it's
1: by far. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is the biggest. So, um, you know, I think for me, just getting to meet with all the partners, all the partners in one spot, um, listening to how they're innovating on AWS and mm. how they're solving customer problems and just kind of cycling through those conversations, I'm getting excited about what next year is going to bring. Right. So closing right. out 2023, looking forward to 2024, and what our partners are going to do with you know with and for our customers. You know, looking forward. So, um, and of course, meeting with my coworkers that I don't get to see because we are right. all over the globe. Mm-hmm. So you know, collaborating with them as well has been uh, super exciting.
2: Yeah, I mean, part. I mean, definitely part of what makes this uh, conference in particular buzz is
0: people getting. Getting back together, I haven't yes. seen each other yeah. for ages
2: and catching yeah.
0: up. In 3D, always better, as I always say. Yes. Yeah, the the, yeah. The, the the video conference, it's okay, but dot, no dot, right. Dot, yeah. Being
1: in person, there's yeah.
0: nothing like it. Yes, there is nothing like it. And yeah,
2: and I, I like uh, you know bumping into colleagues from, from old org- you know, from your old yeah. organisations. Exactly like was, one of your colleagues, yeah. I used to work with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would give him a shout out, but he's actually not listening to
0: us at the moment. He's took his <laughs> headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, Dave, the way you uh, know everybody, it feels like you know about ten percent of the conference. You just say hello, who, how are you? Remember when we this dot dot dot? You have a remarkable. Network here, there's just every turn a corner.
2: Hello, Dave. It is it is quite a joyous thing. It's like thoroughly enjoyable, you know. It's Uh, a small
1: it's a small industry. It it, It it feels really really big, but it's really 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 small.
2: You work in a few sort of organisations, and then you get you know with with sort of, and I mean this in a positive way, with the level of attrition that tends to happen in tech. Sure, your network spreads like really you know really quickly. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Anyhow, should we talk about? Your your day job and sure. uh, and what that's like. So tell us a little bit about your day job to start with.
1: So uh, uh, nine years at Amazon, and uh, the last two and a half years, I have been leading a team that uh, supports our partners within global financial services. So, what that means is uh, we have 63 global financial services customers, mm. and my team specifically supports all the partner motions for those customers. So, think across our technology partners, our systems integrators, global systems integrators. My team is responsible for partnering with those organizations and bringing solutions to our customers.
2: Right, amazing. So, you must be right at the heart of what I think Amazon referred to as the power of three? Yes. Want to just tell us a little bit about that, and maybe like why that's yeah. important. So
1: this is. Um you know, this is the power of three for us has really been sort of an evolution. So, thinking back nine years ago, hyper focused on selling our native services, you know, that's what it was all about consuming on our platform. Within the last couple of years, that's really sort of transitioned to being more, you know, think about it from a Lego perspective, right? Mm. You've got our native services, and then you have our ISV or technology partner solutions that build upon that. Customers don't come to us and say, hey, we want to buy EC2 or S3. They're looking to us to really solve their problems and our services are not going to solve all of their problems. Right. So really identifying based on what the customer wants to do, which ISV or technology partner we are going to partner with. Bring in the right, um, the right GSI or SI to help, mm-hmm. and really provide an end-to-end solution for our customer. And it varies, right? So within global financial services, we have insurance customers, we have banking customers, payment customers, all with all with very different problems and very different applications that they're trying to move mm. or um, or innovate upon.
2: Right. And, and how do you find that the dynamic works? Like how do you, how, what 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 does good look like in terms of setting up like those three organizations plus customer in a way that can collaborate
1: yeah. So, you know, at, at Amazon, we always work back from the customer, right? So really all, you know, starting from either us or our partner, partner being, it could be GSI, SI, or ISV, really starting and working backwards from the customer wants to achieve. And then the three of us sitting at the table, you know, working with the customer on mapping out what does that solution actually look like. Mm-hmm. Customers are very overwhelmed, especially when you look at anything that's maybe in the data space. So many partners that you can use in the data space, the customers are like, which one do I use? Where do I go? How do right. I do this? So when you have various parties or various partners sitting at the table, it really helps the customers conceptualize really what the solution is going to look like, mm-hmm. you know, when it's done.
2: Yeah. I think there's a nice part about, you know, just like the more brains and perspectives you get in the room, the better the output, right? better the solution.
1: It is. And today, and, and consequently, all week, we've been, almost every single meeting I have been in, this topic has come up. Right. With every right. single partner I have met with and customer.
0: I think if you look at the sector, and we've heard over the last 12 months, uh, the sovereign story come become a lot stronger with AWS, and financial services is a heavily regulated right. industry. I'd be interested to get your viewpoint on yeah. how you're rising to meet the challenge of the regulator and sure. bringing that security and risk profile to the solutions of this power of three.
1: Yeah, so we've got um, a dedicated team uh, for global financial services that, that this is all they do. For the last six years, this team is being built out to really address this in two ways. So first, um, you know we have dedicated security and compliance folks that assist customers with their governance, risk and regulatory uh, and compliance needs. We have a global audit and due diligence team that also helps assist. Yeah. So, um, you know, over the course of this last year, that team has addressed over 40,000 questions from our FSI customers globally and have helped over 60 customers get ready for their audits. So, in addition to that, um, the FSI security and compliance team works with our security assurance team, public policy, legal and service teams to get the voice of the customer to the regulators. Uh, obtaining global certifications and addressing upcoming rules and regulations that come into play. So really, we're trying to get in front of it and putting the customer voice um, in front of the regulators before they make decisions.
0: Yeah, and it's that, and it, we're seeing the regulators become more cloudy. Yes. Yeah, and cloud uh, suppliers are rising to meet the regulator. Yes. And I think there's this happy bit in the middle where everybody's arriving and we see it in various sectors like defense, yes. public sector, financial services yes. is becoming the norm now, which I think is a very powerful it, change that's occurred for me, in the last couple of years, particularly,
1: it is, and it's it's an education, right? So yeah. this is new for the regulators, so they're adjusting, um, and we're trying to help them adjust along the way.
0: Yeah, and I think it's working. It's yeah. starting to. There's a there's a, a, a seismic shift starting to occur. I think. Yes. Yeah, indeed. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I wanted to
2: talk. Actually, I wanted to wind the clock back a little bit on um, on AWS in financial services because some of the most significant early moves to the cloud happened in the world of financial services yes. with AWS, I think. Uh, and, you know, going back to the days of, of Capital One's yes. move. And yes. at the time, like, I, personally, I was, at, I was at BP, and and BP were moving to the cloud at a very similar time to Capital One. So I remember those days. So perhaps, like, tell us the story. So from those early days of, of Capital One, how, how has things progressed? And I know there's been some, like, Mega work done at an organization that we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. So maybe maybe give us the background. Yeah. To- so
1: you know, Capital One was the exciting. You know, was the exciting start. Nobody could believe. Holy moly, uh, banks are moving to the cloud. Right. This is so right. scary. Um, you know, since then, what we've seen is a lot of the banks, insurance organizations, have all moved. their are moving their infrastructure. Right. They've moved it. The easier stuff. Now they're looking at apps. They're trying to figure out how do we how do we modernize our our you know our applications. How do we how do we take more solutions to the line of business? So either you know better customer experience, etc. Mm-hmm. We've seen recently um, companies like Nasdaq. And this Nasdaq has been mentioned several times over the course of right. this week. Um, successfully uh, moved their core trading system of um, Nasdaq MRX to AWS. My wow. Um, it's one of six U.S. exchange uh, options uh, exchanges that are going. We've already done five, and I think outside of U.S., we've got about 20 more to move.
2: I mean that that must have been extraordinary in terms of the latency yeah. challenges you would have thought. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. We co designed uh, the ultra low latency edge computing system for capital markets all across. Right. Nasdaq and AWS are changing what's possible for capital markets. This move is is it, it's a pioneer. Correct? Yeah. Right. Um, with the migration of MRX to, to AWS enabling NASDAQ clients to easily and seamlessly transact billions of dollars each and every day.
0: I mean, I, I mean the, the, the age of a cloud, I'm sorry, I was going to say the age of cloud is definitely upon us when you hear such critical systems. Yes. Trusting cloud, yeah. So we see critical national infrastructure move. We yeah. see massive financial systems move. It's here. It's like we are in that era now. It is today. I, I think what's also interesting about that case
2: study is the is the maturation of the architecture as well as the technology yes. so you, you're getting like multi multi-layered architecture. So everyone leaps to this conclusion that cloud is just this big centralized thing but but it isn't really they're heavily distributed
0: yeah. yeah heavily yeah heavily yeah.
2: distributed yeah. see yeah. so the cloud you know the public cloud itself is distributed then you've got sort of fog compute with things like um, outposts,
1: hmm? local, then, regions, right. local, local regions, local regions, yeah, and then of know. course,
2: you've got the power in the edge now as well, yes. like all sound like they're coming together in a NASDAQ solution. Yes.
1: We've also got companies like Morningstar uh, Risk Model Solution for multi-asset portfolios was taking 10 hours to run a single model uh, with a uh, single currency in for a single day. Um, and the scaling was just not feasible on, on, on hmm. you know on prem architecture. Mm-hmm. So with AWS Morningstar's platform is now hundred and sixty times faster wow. and reduced calculation time by about ninety eight percent, which enabled the company to expand from fifty thousand assets to over five million.
0: Now that's a business case you like, to yeah. hear, isn't it? I mean that's not a, that's not a twenty percent improvement and a you know yeah. that's a woof. that's yeah. a very significant
2: upside, Quantumly. I would say. Yeah, I would say. I would say. I'm surprised you haven't banged on about converging
0: technology yet. Oh no, I'm not gonna say it on this one, Dave. That's it. <laughs> Dis- I'll avoid it. You can't you can't do that to me. No, it's one of Ronald Rob's <laughs> favorite subjects. But it is converged. Yes. I, I also thought it was
2: interesting like, back at the beginning of the story when you talked about Capital One, Capital One themselves have a booth here.
1: Yes. I think mean, it's like And we are seeing, yes, we are seeing that. And there are other um, customers that I can't that I can't mention. That are also engaging in early stage discussions around selling right. their IP. I mean, it's quite
2: something. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have, go and have a look at the Capital One booth. I haven't made it over there yet, but yep. it's really, it's really
0: fascinating that they've got a booth at a tech conference. Well, if you've if you've got an approach and a technology stack that works is proven on yeah. scale, and you're a bank that hasn't, right? It's a how do I leapfrog? And it's a quick way to leapfrog, isn't it? So it the is. monetization of the last eight years of cloud journey, I mean, that's that's got huge amounts of value in it. Right. Amazing. It's a good business model.
2: It, 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 Become
0: uh, the supplier of the bank to the
2: banks. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Of course, one of the biggest challenges of a uh, financial sector itself is legacy and legacy modernization. And Shalk, I think there has been uh, announcements around legacy modernization.
4: Yeah, there are. Yeah, on the on mainframes, yeah. some announcements uh, were made yesterday. That there is, um, um, there there are some new announcements on app testing features, file transfers. So, um, good qu- a question for you. Do you say migrate or start over oh, from mainframe gosh. applications? Yeah.
1: So I think uh, it's not it's not uh, migrate all at once. It's migrate pieces and parts at yeah. a time. Yeah. So that's what I'm finding uh our partners are doing. They're engaging with customers not to do full mainframe migrations but by taking taking the mainframe apart and moving pieces that are not going to kill their business. Yeah.
2: No, I mean I I I mean that that makes total sense to me. I I, I also think I I really wonder whether AI is, is going to be the thing that really substantially deals with mainframe modernization.
1: That, that could be. That uh, could it, certainly it, be. It feels
2: like in terms of code migration, it's going to it's gonna do it, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah,
0: to a, a, a degree, though there's a there's a sizable amount of risk associated with that as well. Oh, so sure. you have to be very confident like in the It's never going to reduce your business risk. No, no. but it's... Um, uh, you, you, you can see it starting to happen that they have to tackle that core, that big yes, core. Yeah. We're now in, you talk about the third era, and they're still in the first era of compute. Yeah, yeah, and right. You, they've, they've not even leapfrogged to the second, so yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to deal with it at some point, haven't you? It's a jump, it's a jump. But while we're on AI, maybe it'll bring our
2: conversation to a little bit of a conclusion. Um, AI in financial services, oh, what, are you, yeah. what, are you, what are you seeing?
1: so our use cases really span across two dimensions um, one is you know improving the internal and external customer experience and number two is increasing uh, knowledge and worker efficiency so when we're talking to our customers, mm-hmm. They're dabbling in this more, I think, internally facing to see, you know, how this is going to work. Um, you know, we do have a, a public case study out right now when NatWest um, is using machine learning and data analytics to engage and um, personalize messaging for its large customer base of about 20 million. So essentially, um, they've successfully deployed 100 machine learning models using SageMaker, with the goal of having thousands in the next two years. So essentially, the impact of the personalized messaging approach has been pretty significant, including saving customers in poor neighborhoods half a million pounds in ATM fees within six months, reducing fraud, um, and enhancing overall customer well-being. So essentially, what they were seeing was um, ATM fees were so in poor neighborhoods where there were ATMs folks were using an atm mm, machine mm. and getting charged you know pretty exorbitant yeah, 50, fees yeah, yeah, yeah. so they came up with personalized messaging to say to the customer hey if you go over here and use this atm you will not be charged no I like it's
0: a good social so i like that. That is, uh, yeah yeah, that's yeah. Good. although i do feel that financial services cuz they they're so focused on competitive advantage cuz it is a very fierce market yes. and sector that they're going to be again like they were the pioneers of cloud, and they yeah. went in with big systems they're probably going to be the pioneers in ai and ml yes. as well because they'll get the edge and yes. when they see the edge they'll exploit it because that's the the nature of the sector isn't
4: yes.
1: it yes it sure is yeah totally agree
0: brilliant look well on that note thank you very
2: much melissa for that uh, for that insight into what's going on uh, i i particularly like the power of three model i think there's something uh there's something really there's some something really useful about yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: think we'll see more of that a lot more of that in 2024.
2: Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. So before we wrap
2: up Shalk, other other announcements since we last talked?
4: Yeah, a few. One on secure cloud or several on secure cloud, more than 65 new controls on data sovereignty. Yeah. So very good. High performance computing updates, memory intensive workloads updates, serverless performance and scaling updates. So, and also for databases and coding features. Mm. So that's it.
2: Cool. Yeah. So, like a lot of a lot of underlying performance, performance and functional upgrades. Control,
0: security, mm. meeting the, you know, we've seen a lot of sovereignty challenges yeah. coming to, or answers to sovereignty challenges, and they're just being announced again and again. Mm.
4: And cost reduction, cost, ongoing yeah. cost reduction. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that c- continues that theme of sort of, the practical enhancements that are dealing with some of the practical stuff as well as the sort of more top-of-stack, you know, sexy stuff.
0: Yeah, and we saw that last year here at reInvent as well, didn't we? Yeah. With the, the sort of, you can do it at scale and you can do it efficiently at scale. Right. yes yeah. you remember, we spoke about supermassive architectures last year when Werner got on stage. I'm really interested to see what he's going to say tomorrow because mm. I mm. suspect it will be uh, big announcements again from a technology perspective.
4: Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yes, me
2: Brilliant. too. Well, Melissa, thanks again for spending some time with us this afternoon, and what I'm sure is an incredibly busy diary.
1: Oh, for sure. Never ending.
2: No, never ending. But before we before we let you go, we end every episode of the show by asking our guests what they're excited about doing next. And since we're in Vegas, Melissa, what are you excited about doing next in oh, Vegas?
1: Oh, gosh. I'm excited, honestly, about going home.
2: Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I'm with and, you there. And that rises, there. <laughs> rises steadily throughout the week, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The
0: will to want to, oh, yeah, to right. go.
2: Yeah. I mean, I
1: love it. I love it here. I love it with my customers. But man, it is a week. It yeah. is a week.
2: It is a week. You yeah, no, gotta wear good shoes, flat shoes. Yeah, well, good luck getting through to the end of it. We're, ne- we're halfway there. We're almost exactly at the halfway yes. mark, I yes. think. So, you know, the end is in sight.
4: Yes. So a huge thanks to our guest this week, Melissa. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks also to our sound and editing wizards, Ben and Louis, our jet producer, Marcel, and of course to all of our listeners. We're on LinkedIn and X, Dave Chapman, Rob Pernahan and Xiao Kizal. Feel free to follow or connect with us. And please get in touch if you have any comments or ideas for the show. And of course, if you haven't already done that, rate and subscribe to our podcast. See you back in the AWS reality soon.